Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers and occasionally some random dudes. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quick Shots. And if you're new here, don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell notification. We upload a new episode every Wednesday and they just keep getting better and better. If you or someone you know is an interesting trad archer, leave a comment below. We'd love to get you on the show. If you want to support the channel, head on over to the tradlifearchery.com. We have toques, we have hats, we have mugs, just a bunch of stuff over there. And anything you buy goes to support this channel. We do really appreciate it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Quick Shots. I'm your host, Mick Chambers. And today we're here with John Dillinger. Hey, John, how are you? Pretty good, Mick. How are you doing? Really good, man. Thank you very much for doing this. We really appreciate it. This is a big day for us here at Quick Shots. I'll tell you that for sure. Hmm. You know, we got, you know, it's, 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 you know, I know who you are. Um, a lot of the guys in the bearable community know who you are, but can you just give us a, a quick rundown of who you are, you know, and what your sort of origin story is, you know, with traditional archery? Yeah. I, you know, I think like most people, when I was a kid, my dad bought me a little fire green fiberglass bow and, you know, and you go around shooting at everything in the neighborhood you can find. And so uh, I kind of started there. Um, I didn't really shoot much through high school. Um, once I graduated high school, I wanted to, you know, I always hunted growing up. We were like a rifle hunting family, pretty much. My dad would bow hunt some and I thought that was pretty cool. So I bought a, a hunting compound and my friends, this is when, like when 3d was just getting going, really, this is like the early nineties, you know, mid nineties. And so we would all shoot, you know, 3D all summer, basically, and then, you know, hunt all fall. And I, I grew up back east, so there was a lot of opportunities um, hunting whitetails for months, it seems like, you know, with the bow and, and things like that. So, but really, for the most part, I, I, I shot compound, I hunted with compound probably for 25 years. Wow. And uh, about seven, eight years ago, I've always had recurves laying around and I just play around with them in the yard and things like that. Went to a couple of these trad rendezvous when I lived back in Oklahoma. Those were a lot of fun. So it was a big, you know, they do these rendezvous on the weekend and yeah. go camp out and, you know, shoot 3D targets with trad gear and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was always kind of, that was probably more fun than anything, shooting compound in there or anything like that. Um but yeah, I've always had at least a couple of, you know, have a bear super Kodiak and a couple other, a couple other recurve. Ben Pierce and Cougar, I shot that for a long time. Those were, of course, I grew up like in that uh, Arkansas area. And so Ben Pearson was kind of famous back there. He's kind of a legend, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I still, I, I still hunt with recurves now. I've been doing that for probably, I don't know, eight or nine years. Um, I prefer to do that. I live in Utah now, so I get to chase these cow elk. And so they're a lot of fun with uh, with the trad gear. Your your chances aren't very good, but they're a lot of fun to chase around. So that's where I'm at. Were you uh, were you successful this year in, in your hunt? Uh, you know, I uh, only made it out a couple of times. You know, these competitions, you know, for Baribo, they suck up all my vacation. Right. And so work is pretty demanding so i don't really get a whole lot of time off anymore it seems like my priorities are kind of mixed up i use all my vacation for all these competitions and hunting season comes around and i'm out of vacation so 
you know, I usually run up on the hill for an evening or something like that. It's kind of funny. You know, I, I, I just feel, mm, I have mixed feelings about that. When you say you use up all your vacation on the bear bow competitions and for people who don't know, John, I mean, he's a successful bear bow guy. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second here, but you know, you don't, you know, these compound guys, when they win, you know, that, I mean, I don't know that they have full-time jobs. I think that that, that is their, <laughs> I think that's just their full-time job, right? Shoot. It's from a lot of them. It seems to be, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, they're not like the rest of us. They don't have to work for a living. It seems like they get to have fun all the time. But yeah, my my job is pretty demanding, and you know, I have five kids, four still at home, so they keep me pretty busy. So I can shoot whenever I can. If I can sneak off for ten minutes to shoot, I'll do it. So, <laughs> so what are you? So right now, <laughs> that's crazy. That that is pretty good. Um, you originally said you're originally from Arkansas area. That's uh, yeah, my dad was in construction, so we moved around a lot. It was Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, that area, Missouri, so that kind of that that area down there. Yeah, the Midwest. But, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Quite a few trad shooters in, in those areas. So I know, I know, and, and then Oklahoma, they're big on their uh, self. Yeah, I mean, love their self bow. You know, and yep. they, they have some great they have some great shoots down there. What are you? Uh, what are you currently shooting now? Uh, I, I'll hunt with, I have a bear super Kodiak and I love that thing. And it's an older bow, but it shoots great. Um, I shoot, I only pull about 46, 47 pounds, I think something like that. So it's not nothing too crazy, but you know, anymore, I just, I love getting out. I love getting away from people and enjoy nature and I live in a, a beautiful area. So I live in the mountains, you know, it's, they're only about eight or 9,000 feet you know, tops, but it's, it's beautiful up there. So oh, yeah. it's nice just to, to get out and enjoy nature. Yeah. But, uh, but for competition. And so first of all, uh -huh. for competition, what oh. are you shooting? Um, I went to the 27 inch Hoyt exceed this year nice. and the uh, extra longs. I shot the 25 inch exceed last year with uh, in Lancaster. I shot the longs in Vegas where I got some experimental limbs from Hoyt. And I shot those in Las Vegas and those performed really well. Um, so this year I'm shooting a 27 inch riser with the extra longs. So it's a, it's a long recurve, that, that, but it, it seems to be shooting really well. Well, you shot really, you, you, you did a fantastic job in 2020. And if anyone yeah. felt the, I mean, in archery, if anyone felt the impacts of, you know, COVID, I mean, in archery, in archery, uh, you said, yeah. because you were on a roll, you were, you were, yeah. You were knocking out of the park. I think by February you had two titles under your belt, right? Yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, Lancaster, which has always been a dream of mine, I uh, won that. I went in that as the fifth seed and shot my way up, and uh, so I ended up winning that. And then two weeks later was Las Vegas, and I've always wanted to win that one. Um, shot really solid for three straight days, and I believe it was the highest score anybody shot in Vegas with the barebow recurve which somebody pointed it out to me afterwards. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty fantastic. And then you went on um, later in the year, right? And uh, I won the outdoor, uh, U.S. outdoor. Um, I was shot target nationals. Um, Dimmer took first in that. He is, <clears throat> he's really tough to beat outdoors or field or anything else or 3D. 
Um, so he took the, he actually, I think a week before that or two weeks before that, he had set the world record yeah. for 50 meters um, with a Hoyt Exceed. And uh, I think he's shooting the extra long limbs. So he went he was going into that shoot really strong. Um, I kind of hung with him a little bit on day one, but day two, he kind of pulled it, gapped me a little bit. So, but we went to, what's nice about that is they use the uh, target nationals as a qualifier. And then you go into the third day and you start shooting elimination matches, depending on where you're seated. And so you move on and shoot the US Open, which last year, or actually in 2019, it was me and him. And it came down to the exact same scenario. We were tied up and it came down to a one hour shoot off. He shot a 10. I think I shot a nine. And so in 2020, awesome. we're tied again, one arrow shoot off. He shoots an eight. I shoot a nine. So it was, it was nice. <laughs> so is he your, um, I know you guys are good friends. Um, yeah. But, but would you say, I mean, you're competitors too, though, right? I mean, you guys. Oh yeah. You, we we want to beat each other really bad. Yeah, good. Yeah. So is he yeah. driving oh, you? Yeah. Or are you driving him? Do you think? To, to be I think we push each other. We've been kind of doing that the last few years. You know, we're we're really close. You know, we talk quite a bit. And so if you're just, you know, what are you working on? What are you what are you doing? And if you know, we kind of pick each other's brains. If somebody's kind of figured out something, then we, you know, we kind of talk back and forth. But um just 2020 was a really good year for me. I think it was one of those. Well, I, this is my last shot really, you know, to, to make a good run, you know, on the, I'll be turning 50 next year, this year. And so I, I spent a lot of time shooting. I spent probably more time shooting in 2020 or leading up to 2020 than I've ever done. So it was basically probably most nights, hundred arrow nights, you know, um, I have like a little indoor range in my house. So that, that definitely helps. That, that's definitely that's famous and I'll, I'll put it up in front of us yeah. that's that's the one where you got the tent outside is that the yes one? Yeah. yeah but it, it works great so like i said i can sneak outside and shoot for 20 minutes you know when the, the kids aren't demanding something or my wife's not demanding i i do something so yeah well, it's it's it is convenient so that does help but what about 3d what about 3d are you are mm -hmm. you competing in 3d at all or are you in 2019, I went to two ASA shoots. Um, I do shoot some local 3D stuff. Um, but typically, like, we have an indoor 3D league, which we do in our indoor rodeo grounds, um, which is super fun. And I've done it in years past. It's, it, I mean, we shoot out to 60 yards indoors. Whoa. So, which is, yeah, it's, so out here, you know, in the West, it's these winters, you know, they have indoor rodeo arenas. So they're, they're huge. And we have one in the town I live in and it's a lot of fun, but it really kills me for indoor season because I have to shoot a different setup and I got to shoot, you know, a light arrow, a fast light arrow and string walking and I'm really trying to get dialed with my indoor bow. Um, so I kind of miss that, but, um, you know, we have a few 3d ranges around here and I'll usually hit them, you know, a few times a summer. Um, but I do enjoy 3D. It's probably where I cut my teeth in target archery, actually. I never really shot indoor spots until, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. So, wow. Wow. You come actually, to... indoor archery is my least favorite form of shooting. Really? So, yeah, I usually I, I don't shoot indoors very well. I'm kind of claustrophobic. I like being outside and shooting. 
Um, so it's actually my least favorite, but it's very important. So, so, so tell me how you felt when you're up on stage there for Lancaster. And I got a, I've got a follow-up question to that too. I, I want to understand about <laughs> you coming in on fifth place and, and moving through the ranks there, but how did you feel when you got up there? Like you're on stage. It's been a goal. Like the last couple of years leading up to 2020, I've, I've come close. I think Dimmer knocked me out in 2019. Um, Barker, Richard Barker, who won it in 2018, he knocked me out in 2018. Um, so I've, I've been really close. And, it was, you know, was, I just wanted to make the stage. You know, that was that was my goal going into 2020. And uh, so um, I got lucky. Dimmer shot a bad arrow and actually I had to face Dimmer again for elimination matches to get to the stage. So I had to beat Dimmer if I was going to make the stage. And um, I think he had a little target panic going on and I took advantage and I moved on. I mean, I think leading up to that, I was qualified like 10th out of like the 150 shooters or whatever, you know, and you know, Lancaster is, it's basically the best shooters in the world are there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and my very first match, I had to shoot against my good buddy from Utah, Jeff Roy. So um, it was a tight match, and I think it came down to a one arrow shoot off. I, I tend to do these one arrow shoot offs for some reason. And then you know, <laughs> I remember pressure. that. Yeah, you just love the added pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I think back on it. You know, it's I, I get in. I don't know. I think it's it's a it's a middle thing. You just you kind of mentally check out. Like I really don't really know, remember a lot of stuff while I was up on the stage. It was, I think I shot so much that I just kind of, you know, your, your brain just kind of goes into autopilot and you're just, and I was shooting really good. It was, I shoot shot really solid. I feel like for, for that kind of pressure yeah, and going oh, into that. Amazing. I don't know how you keep your knees from not, you know, not the whole time. I mean, I, I mean, that's why you're a competitor. That's why you're successful with what you do. I think controlling those nerves and being able to control nerves and pressure situations like that, I think that's key to being successful. Uh, and you, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're successful. So that's really I wish I could bottle it because it was just, you know, it just all worked out. So every, it was just my time. That's the only way I can, I can say it, but I mean, I, you know, it was, it's like a dream come true, honestly. And, you know, it's, I accomplished everything in 2020 that I've ever wanted to do. So it's like, you know, what, what is it, what, what's out there now, you know? So it's, what do you do now? and then COVID happens and I was really bummed. We didn't get to go to Lancaster this year or Vegas. So it's, it's all kind of a bummer, but we're going to Yankton next weekend. Um, so no Demer will be there. I'll be facing him. I'm not ready to shoot the old guy class yet. So I'll be uh, me and him will hopefully be going at it and a few other good shooters. So it'll be fun. It'll it's kind of the first big tournament that they've opened back up since last year. So I'm excited about guys, that. You, guys, you got some good guys in that master class too, though, right? Uh, oh yeah, you got Rick and you got a few others. There, yeah. yeah, you can't. You know, I I got a funny story for you. Um, this has never happened to me all the years of shooting, but I go down and I shoot my USA R3 state shoot, which also counts for indoor nationals like a couple of weeks ago. And I get down there and, you know, I, we had snow, so I was running late. 
walk in the door. I literally had five minutes before my first practice ended, you know. Yeah. So I had to get checked in and I go over and the guys are still inspecting equipment. So I bring my bow over and have it inspected. And they didn't have the the correct barebow ring to run your riser through. They had like a homemade one that didn't have a slot cut out in it. So he's like, You're gonna have to unstring your bow. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even bring my bow stringer. So I just did it by, you know, with the foot method and uh, got it on string. They checked it out and I threw it back together and walked over to the shooting line. And basically, as soon as I got there, it was first practice end, you know. And so I never checked my bottom limb and my string was halfway out of my string groove, oh, wow. which I put this on Facebook. Yeah. I shot that way for two days. And I was like, I still shot well. I still shot a 542, which is not bad. Yeah. But there was something going on. Like I shot a 276, 266 or 268, something like that. So it was like something was just not right with my my bow. So I came home that night and I kind of retuned and I went and shot another NFA state shoot the next day. And one of the compound guys next to me was like my slid my bow down on the floor not on a bow stand. And he's like, look at your limb and my string. I have no idea how it didn't come apart for those two days. Cause it was halfway out of the, the string group. My string was, it's amazing. it was amazing. I don't know if you saw the picture or not. So I, I did. Yeah. Um, I can't, I, I can't believe the story. I can't believe the story. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Just that yeah, you think that yeah. would just fall apart. I don't know. It was, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It was freaking me out as soon as I saw it. Cause I'm like, how did that not just come flying apart? So I never checked it after when I, when I restrung it, I checked the top limb and then I shot it all day on a bow stand. So I never even looked at it and I was fighting it. I was ready to quit. I was like, that's it. I can't shoot anymore. You know, I like, I can't turn him to shoot anymore. I'm going to have to quit. So I was actually super relieved when I saw, you know, that my, my string was halfway out of the groove there. Yes, I think I was having some tuning issues. Well, I mean, I can only dream of two sixty eights, but I mean, you know, that, that's me. Yeah, that's uh, but you know that 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 level and and just being able to shoot that bow, even I mean, I think most of us would miss the target completely. Um, no. That's crazy. That is crazy. Thank God for that guy that you know. Yeah. It, right. Saved yeah. my sanity because I would be like ten, ten, seven. I'm like, what the heck is going on with this thing? <laughs> like ten, nine, seven. I'm like, ah. So, but it's just one of those things. Just always check your equipment. Yeah. Look it over really good. And I think if I would have had more time, I mean, I would have looked it over really good. And, but I was in such a hurry already. I was in such a rush. Got flustered and started shooting. No, that's great. So that's great advice. Um, immediately, it changed the sound of the bow and everything as soon as I popped it back in the string group. So it was funny. So it was, um, but anyway, that's just, Little things like that will drive you drive you nuts. Yeah, so. just at, at your level, that's amazing. Hey, when so you have a unique shooting style anyway. Do, would you call mm -hmm. it unique or am I being? Am I no, being? no. Okay. That's why, you know, it's funny. I have people constantly come up to me or message me or saying, well, you need to work on, you know, getting your, your alignment, your bow arm and this and that. And I'm like, it, you know, it's one of those things, if it's, if it's not broke, why mess with it you know yeah um i have made attempts to kind of fix my bow arm over the last couple of years which it's more solid than it has been in the past um my shot is, i think is a more of a feel shot than like a mechanical shot or or anything like that it's you know if it feels right it's ready to go you know so it's 
And sometimes I get away with it. Sometimes, you know, I don't, of course, but I tell people all the time, if you're going to copy somebody's form, don't copy mine Yeah, because it, it's not pretty. I got a pretty good release and I think that's what saves me. And it's like, you know, my shot is more of a feel and a timing thing. If you watch me on the stage at Lancaster, it's more of a timing thing. My shot goes off rather sometimes rather I'm ready or not, you know, and so, really? and it's, it's, it's subconscious, you know, it's like my, my release and my whole shot cycle is it, it goes off. I don't tell it, you know, I don't say, okay, it's time to shoot. You know what I mean? It's just sometimes I'm not quite ready for it, and, but it works. Take, take me through it a little bit. Take me through it. Can you, can you walk me through your shot process from even before you knock the arrow to, you know, the arrow leaving um, the mm -hmm. bow, take us through that just a little bit. Cause it is unique. One thing I really focused last year was <clears throat> on my breathing okay. because I think a lot of people aren't even aware if their lungs are full when they're shooting or when they're, when they're drawing and when they're settling into the shot and, you know, getting in their back or their lungs are empty or it's something I never really paid attention to up until the last couple of years. So I made a goal and, you know, last year of really focused on my breathing and make sure that, I'm my breathing is deep leading up to even before I start the draw cycle and all that. Mm -hmm. So I'll actually, um, you know, I'm always, I, I kind of set my whole routine from, from my feet all the way until I release the, release the aerial, you know, I'll set my feet first. Um, for me, grip and bow shoulder are really important. Um, as I'm coming up with the bow, I'll kind of get my grip close. It'll be loose, um, get it in the right position on my hand. Um, so it's, it's repeatable. Um, as I'm drawing up, I'm kind of checking my bow shoulder as I'm drawing, drawing back. Um, once I get back, I'll kind of, I'm kind of monitoring my bow shoulder because I have a habit sometimes of my bow shoulder creeping up slightly. So I have to watch that, keep that nice and not low, but like in a comfortable position, not high, you know, don't start um, raising that bow shoulder or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And kind of once I'm, before I even start getting settled into my back, I'll check my grip one more time. So I'm not healing it or I'm not too high. Um, that causes a lot of issues with me. Um, and I was, as I'm settling into my back, I'm, I'm kind of feeling in my back and I haven't even really started holding on the position yet. Mm -hmm. I'll start get in my back and actually just kind of relax. And as soon as it, you know, gets in a spot, I like kind of starts floating. It just goes off. So it's, it's pretty, pretty simple. I try to, I see a lot of people doing the, the pulling away from their face. Yep. And you, you cannot shoot like that. You can't shoot. So I actually try to make an effort when I'm training is I'll come back and try to touch my, my somewhere around my ear lobe. Right. So that way that I'm not high or I'm not low. You know what I mean? Yep. yep I'll actually, yep. I'll spend, um, you know, just an evening sometimes and just working on that getting back to that position, like right there. Yeah. Um, but I'm shooting good. Typically, that's kind of where my hand's ending up, you know. 
Um, I still, every once in a while, pull away from my face a little bit, but I'll immediately catch it. You know, I know as soon as I do it. Um, but yeah. Okay. And then, so, uh, okay. And then the, you know, you do, you do, you have this idiosyncrasy, if you don't mind me, mm-hmm. you kind of, you're kind of rocking a little bit. What are you thinking about while you're rocking? Just you're settling into your, your are you <sighs> consciously thinking about that? I'm not even thinking about it. It's just something that I've kind of just done over the years. And it's like I said, it's more of a getting comfortable yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't shoot with any tension in my, you know, in this arm at all. You know, you try to think of the the chain links, you know what I mean? Yep. And so really for me, it's just kind of getting the right head angle, which for me, you know, my head angle is really important too. I don't, you can't be shooting with your face directly at the target. I'm actually really looking like, oh, you know, I shoot with glasses. Yeah. So I'm actually can kind of almost barely see the tip of my arrow through my glasses. Really? And that's almost how I know I got the correct head angle and all that. So I don't check string blur. I just kind of get my head in a comfortable where it should be, you know, just from shooting all these arrows um, where I feel like, you know, my, my head is in the correct position, my shoulders in the correct position. I'm in my back really good. And it just kind of goes off. And I have to remember, you know, with my bow arm, I kind of try to drive it, drive through the target, you know, as I'm, as I'm releasing the shot, I'm not like dropping my arm. I'm kind of like actually thinking, push that boat through the target. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and now sometimes are you, getting, uh, hmm? are you getting, are you just, are you learning this on your own and in, and discovering this stuff on your own? Have you been, yeah, I've, been coaching? Cause I, <clears throat> I've never had a coach or anything like that. It's, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, YouTube, I mean, there's so much information out there and you can watch other people shoot. And I kind of really just try to, copy things that work like dimmer's bow arm is amazing you know um his release hand is really really good most of the time things like that you know but everybody's built different i'm not a flexible person at all so i can't get in some of these positions that some people can these olympic shooters and things like that my my body just doesn't bend that way <laughs> you yeah. know some people are like ah it's Great, a bunch of crap. Like way back. But yeah i yeah, no. yeah. I can't my wife can <laughs> so and when you look at me from behind it's like oh you know but it works so i mean it's like you no, know that- yeah if i was younger doing this younger i would try to probably try to fix a few things but my body's just kind of adjusted to it over the years and it it seems to work you know so it's working great it's working great yeah it's <laughs> it's just you know it's like any other sport you see some, some golfers, they have a kind of an ugly golf swing, but they're just, they're amazing. That's, you know, they're, they're consistent and it's repeatable. You know, like any other sport, I mean, some of these jump shots or these, you know, Danny Ainge's three pointer, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's not textbook, but it, it works, you know? So then what would you be, so what would you say to a young guy getting into archery now or, or just anyone, um, you know, they want to get into bare bow. Um, what, what's, you know, what's a piece of advice that you say that, you know, you got to do this. This is the one thing you got to do. This is the secret sauce. 
this is the the dilly secret sauce what do you, what is it <laughs> you know um i think where a person could really use the most help is tuning if they can find a coach that could say this is a good tune for you um i'm just going to say probably the most important thing is have a goal in mind and practice just shoot 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 you know what i mean yeah and Really, I mean, that's, that's a, and find out what works for you. When you say, oh, when I do this, I'm, the arrows are clustering, you know, and that's really, that's, that's the name of the game. They may not be hitting the center of the target, but if you got a cluster that's down in the seven or eight line, all right, you can work with that. You can get that up towards the 10 ring, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, it honestly comes down to, how much work you want to put into it. You can't go to the range and shoot once a week and expect to be good. You can't do that with any sport. No. You know, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. It's something you got to be dedicated to and devoted to. And um, I'm talking, you know, competitions, of course. Yeah. Um, but you almost have to be breathe, you know, sleep the stuff, you know, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, I think anybody, Anybody, if they're willing to put in the hard work, and this is something that they really want to do, could be world class. I think if they, you know, just it doesn't matter. This is one sport. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how big you are, how strong you are. Um, you know, look at some of these some of these archers out that are they're not big guys, they're not strong guys, and some of these gals. Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those sports that being six six or six seven and you know strong. It, it does you no good yeah you know so it's 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 a really great sport i think it's kind of it levels the playing field you know so i think if anybody's willing to do the hard work you know to to do this and how it depends on how much dedication you have really you know? it's, the sport's been good to you too i mean right i mean I, you, you're yeah. getting pretty well i i would say you're you're um you're you got a sponsor now hoyt right i don't mm -hmm. know how long you've had that sponsor for but yep. great company great american company um yep. uh great products i mean they get they have winning products now you know like mm -hmm. you guys uh um, you know winning going out and winning tournaments so that's awesome um yeah. so what are you looking forward what's the next thing that you're looking forward to in i guess you're going to yankton okay so yankton yep. next your next big what was it what is that yeah. called? Is that the ASA? it's uh no it's nfa okay. nfaa indoor nationals okay so typically they'll do it at a, you know, a location like a big convention center thing, something like that. Usually like, a, you know, we've been to like uh, Kentucky and I think Indiana and, you know, these, these big convention centers that'll hold thousands of shooters, you know? So I think this year they've kind of limited the amount of shooters um, and they're doing more shooting times. So it's going to actually be right there in Yankton. So that's awesome. Hey, um, yep. so if people want to get hold of you or they want to mm -hmm. contact you or just say hi or or watch what you're doing, follow along with what you're doing. Do you have like, um, so you're on Instagram? At, mm -hmm. I think it's john.dillinger. Um, I'm pretty sure 1466, I believe. Yes, yeah, right. you could probably tell me. Yeah, John okay. Dillinger, 1466. So, you know, there's a lot of John yep. Dillinger. So 1466 to get the John to follow him yep. on Instagram. And, uh, 
you know, reach out to them. So, Hey, John, yeah. thanks, thanks for uh, taking time. Thanks for putting the kids down, getting on, on with me. I really appreciate yep. it. I know that people who are listening to this still, I mean, um, are going to love to hear from you. This is, this is fantastic. Thank you very much for uh, being on the show. Thank you for having me. No All problem. Right. Have a good evening. Thanks very much. Everyone uh, take care. And again, thanks, John. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Be safe. You too. Thank you.